Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of Fandrag Sports Premier League Podcast. I'm your host, Sebastian. Joining me from New York is Polly Questel. Say hi, Polly. Hi, Polly. And then all the way across the ocean in a cafe somewhere in... Are you back in Amsterdam, Elliot? No, I'm in Brussels. In, in Brussels, we have Elliot. It's a shame. I've, I've heard Amsterdam cafes are unique. Oh, I've already made that joke. Yeah. <laughs> well, this time I'm drinking a spontaneously fermented Greek beer. So, you know, it's also unique. I heard creep beer. <laughs> creek, creek, cherry, sour oh, cherry. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I was like, wait, what? Okay, well, we're going to talk to you about the stuff that happened in the Champions League midweek here, and we'll also touch upon match day 33 in the Premier League. So we'll, we'll start with what happened in the Champions League, and of course, um, you know, never fun when bad things happened, and the Borussia Dortmund-Monaco game had to be postponed due to an attack on the Dortmund bus. Uh, the game was delayed one day. They did end up playing it. Pauly, do you think it was still the right thing to do to still play the game? I mean, I know they don't have much choice, but... I guess in theory they could have waited until Thursday. But yeah, at the end of the day, they didn't have much choice. And I don't want to sound insensitive with... With what I'm about to say, because obviously, you know, your bus got attacked and this could have been a lot worse mm -hmm. than it was. You know, we're very lucky and Dorman are very lucky that that unfortunately the only thing that happened is is one person, you know, hurt their wrist and that was the only injury. We're very lucky that that was the situation. I have a problem with them uh, with them blaming this blaming UEFA for making them play as to why they lost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, they did and, and suffer a 3 that loss. Was, obviously, that was what was going to happen. But, you know, this isn't the first time in sports where tragedies happen and, you've had, and people have had to turn around and play the very next day. Um, now, again, this is not an apples-to-apples apples comparison. This is, you know, an apples-to-oranges comparison. But if you, if you go back to if you go back to the Big Ten tournament – you know, Michigan's basketball team was in a plane crash, and the Big Ten, the only thing that they did for them was they said, oh, like, we'll push your game 20 minutes back. You know, like, <laughs> these players were, these players were shook up. Like, they were, like, on the phone with their parents about, like, how, you know, they could have, they were in a near-death experience. Obviously, not as close of a call as um, the Dortmund issue, because that was an attack. Um, yeah, but I, but it's, know, and this, it's and this is similar. a plane crash, and yeah, and and they they go on and they rally together and they not only win that game, they go on to win the whole tournament. Um, so this could have been the same. This could have been the same thing. You know, Dortmund had they won, they would have been saying, "Well, like you know, we came together as a team and we rallied together, and mm -hmm. it was really difficult to play, but like we were all there for each other." At the end of the day, they lost this game because Sven Mender, like, had one of the nicest diving headers you'll ever see. He just happened to put it into his own net. Yeah. That was you know, that's what the game came down to. And, and like, I'm sorry, but like, you can't be like, Oh, well, he had other things on his mind. You know, that, that excuse doesn't fly with me. You know, like I, I told my friend, like as soon as it happened, I texted my friends and I said, I don't know if you guys are watching this game, but 
Like you probably will never see a nicer cross and a nicer finish in your life. It just happens to be that the finish went to the guy's like own goal. Yeah. Yeah, and then Kylian Mbappe had two the other two goals for Monaco. Uh, just how good do you think he can be, Elliot? I mean, he's arguably the hottest commodity in Europe right now, and I think for good reason. Um, Boy, it's it's one of those moments where I struggle to talk about the ceiling of young players and their desire around Europe, just because I know that at this point, like at this particular juncture, Arsenal just has no chance of signing any of them. So I'm just like, he's going to be great. Oh, damn it. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's uh, some of the tabloids saying that Monaco are demanding an 85 million pound fee for him. And that Real Madrid are keen to make a move happen for Mbappe, who is, uh, yeah, he's only 18 years old, turns 19 at the end of the year, and has had a phenomenal season with Monaco. But, you know, this is one of the things that we've talked about on this podcast before, in that, like, yeah, he's got a high ceiling, he's a young kid, but he's also, it's also uncertain, and so... Yeah, don't don't go to Real Madrid. Yeah, but like 90 million, <laughs> 90, you talk about like 90, 95 million for Griezmann, 80, 85 for Mbappe. I'll take Griezmann in a heartbeat. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of like, I want this Mbappe kid. <laughs> of course you do. Hey, you've already got the Rashford kid. Yeah. You want to play with four, four 15 year olds. One nineteen-year-old, and then I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm, I'm just a sucker for the latest fad, but yeah. or the late or the hottest toy. But <sighs> no, I mean he's showing great, great signs here. But I, he, you know, as we've spoken about this before too, you don't want to just make the big money, move to the big club, and then sit on the bench and rot. I mean, yeah, that's why. Well, yeah, and I guess if he came to United and Zlatan comes, then you're putting him in the same situation. As what happened to Martial, who well, started out last year as the striker, scored a lot of goals, and then gets hurt. Rashford comes in, and Martial has then been since sent to the wing, where he has never come back to the middle. Yeah, and I think so, that you could act, at least make a little bit of a case if you're United and you're talking to Mbappe. You're like, yeah, you know, Slatan, he's going to be here one more year, and then it, you know, it's whoever. That's not a sure thing anymore. Yeah. So and then it's yeah, but just even like, if it's, even if it's two, like you know, he's all of twenty years old as Zlatan yeah. leaves, and I think that I mean I think that you want to play with one of the all-time greats when you're a young developing player, and if you're worried about playing time, then I think you know, especially when you're still a teenager, you're getting ahead of yourself. Yeah. But then what happens is Zlatan leaves after a year, and Mbappe's what twenty, and Rashford's twenty twenty-one, and Martial's what twenty. Two and none of them have had a full season as the main striker, and now you're looking at the same thing of oh, we have three forwards, but they're all young and inexperienced. Yeah. And when will that be? That will be next year. So, you know, you'll be looking at a, you'll be looking at a dumpster fire because you'll be in year three of Jose. So that yeah, so <laughs> it could be. I was going to say if there was a manager a who's sell. good with the young players, then it might actually work out. Okay, it's a, it's a tough sell. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Real Madrid, they took a 2-1 win over Bayern Munich in their first quarterfinal leg there. Cristiano Ronaldo with both goals for them, so great result for them. Atletico Madrid won nothing against Leicester on a wrongly given penalty by Swedish referee Jonas Eriksson. Gratis, Jonas. Congratulations. Um, but 
The big game. God, you know that that yes. name is familiar, and it's bad if I step if if like you got to be a certain level of bad if if I'm now learning the names of Swedish referees. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, he he's <laughs> one of few. Like, who I gets understand to, knowing uh, the names of the English referees because I deal with them every week. But if if I know your name and I deal with you in a Champions League game like once every God only knows how often. That's that's bad. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I remember the first time that we came across him, Seb, you mentioned, I, I can't remember if this was knockout stages last year or group stage this season, but you're like, oh, he's the referee. Bet on yeah. a red card. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see what happens if he gets any more games. But the big one, that was on Tuesday, Juventus beating Barcelona 3 nothing, And once again, Barcelona just like looked horrible. Yeah. Now, now they need to pull out another miracle out of their butts. Well, I'll tell you what they're going to pull out. Is it a miracle? No, they're going to pull. Pa- <laughs> they're going to pull Paulo Dybala from Juventus at the end of the season. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's also so, true. That's I mean, also he's apparently. I read he's on the top of their wish list, but like irrelevant because Barcelona are at the top of his wish list. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Apparently, and- apparently, when he signed for Juventus, he said, "If Barcelona come after me, I will swim there myself." That's fine. But, but, you know, Juventus looked fantastic in that match. And, Seb, you and I in our last episode talked about how like, Barcelona's comeback against PSG was amazing, but it didn't mean that they weren't still fundamentally vulnerable. And I think that we, you know, we saw that. And they were just they were just a shambles. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, tough to see because they still have a lot of quality if you look at on their team on paper, and especially that attacking trio. But I'm I'm just not convinced that they'll be able to do this again against the Juventus, no. who is a much well, better defensive side than PSG. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's un- much better it's defense unfair. and much It's um, unfair to ask them to do it again. Now, yeah. like, they they had the greatest Champions League comeback of all time, and now you're saying, "Good, go do it again." And and I know the score isn't as lopsided, but. It's a it's a bigger comeback to come back from three 0 down against Juventus than it was to come back from four 0 down against mm. PSG. Yeah, we we actually got news today that Dubala has signed a new contract with uh, Juventus. So his new... yeah, that just inflates the transfer fee. Yeah, his new deal ends uh, in the summer of twenty twenty two. But oh, God, I mean, what a player he is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, he's uh It was he was truly impressive in, in that match. And he's been able to take that step, too, because, I mean, he joined Juve from Palermo, and it's not always that those players actually do that well. Like, oh, you're being really good in Serie A. Juventus is going to take a shot at you. We've seen numerous strikers go through Juventus, play for, like, a season, and then they're off on doing something else. But they got some really good attacking options there with Mandzukic, with Iguain, and with Dybala. So, um and, uh, but honestly, I was really impressed with Quadrado in this match as mm-hmm. well. Yep. Yeah, he had a good one. I think, you know, these type... I don't know why he didn't really fit in in Chelsea, but... I'm yeah. glad he didn't, because I'm glad he's playing <laughs> against people in another league. <laughs> Not as though they, you know, need him at this moment yeah. to win the league, but... Yeah. Yeah, we're, we've talked about, uh, Paulie and me, we've spoken about, you know, the wingbacks for Manchester City, and I feel like Barcelona are almost in the same boat. You know, playing Jeremy Mathieu and Sergi Roberto. 
and also like speaking in terms of experience boy seeing danny alves on the other side of the ball mm-hmm. <laughs> with juventus is like oh boy you're missing him a little bit are you yeah they have a good central pairing i think piquet and umtiti is a good pairing maybe it's just there's no like def- like because center backs are practically extinct in the world like maybe the world's just not producing good defenders to begin with oh. these days they need someone to look up to. Everybody wants to be messy. I mean, look, I mean, Manchester United last week started two converted wingers as fullbacks. Chelsea, like, Chelsea signed Victor Moses, and he's only seeing the field now as a wingback, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yep. teams just aren't producing players. Like, defenders just aren't – they're not growing on trees anymore. Like, that – someone uprooted that orchard to build a development. Yeah, that's that's a nice way to put it. An attacking bunker. train of shopping malls. Yeah. Okay, let's jump into the Europa League real quick, Manchester United, because, Elliot, you were at the game. It was 1-1 between Anderlecht and Manchester United. That was a great header I, by Dendonker. Dendonker. Yeah, it was a great cross and an even better header. Um, but, you know, before, obviously, it was a huge result for Anderlecht. Like, everybody was thrilled in the stadium. Uh, but... I have to say that watching this, I was both at the same time mystified by the price tag of Paul Pogba even more, being able to kind of see his movement throughout the match, and also equally impressed with Rashford. Because even if you want him to be playing centrally, still, when he was on the wing, he played really well. His touches were almost invariably perfect. And he was still tracking back to defend. Now, I think that there's still an argument to be made that he's best going through the middle. But the respect that I had for him previously, seeing him play at Anderlecht last night, I only have even more afterwards. So, you know, you're getting poly all giddy giddy. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got to give you something, considering yeah. that was overall a frustrating result. You know, it wasn't exactly a 10-0 victory for me. No, no. Polly, what did you no, make of the I'm game? Just... I only saw the first half, so... Um, the good half. Henrik, Henrik mm-hmm. Mkhitaryan scoring a goal in the Europa League again. It's just like some things don't ever change. Yep. Uh, and then and then Manchester United taking their foot off the gas as if Jurgen Klinsmann was their manager. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just like... Like, I don't even know. Like, Jose Mourinho has sucked all the fun and excitement out of this season which I guess we knew was going to come because I never wanted him to be the manager anyway. But, you know, we have a top four race that's become not exciting because despite the fact that that my team is four points out of it with a game in hand and we have another game against one of the teams that's four points above us, there's no hope that we're going to actually climb out of it because our manager still hasn't figured it out after I don't even know how many months when he claims to be one of the best managers in the game. He sucked all the fun out of it. Now, having said that, like, okay, yeah, should we have won this game? Yeah. Uh, Did you annoy the crap out of me by bringing on Fellaini again when there was just no point to? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Does it it really annoy me to see Marijuana Fellaini come into a game and – and not be able to do anything well other than throw his elbows around and not be able to make a pass and not be able He's... to not really be able to not really be able to do anything football related. And then I look elsewhere and yes, I know it's MLS, um, but 
Like, you see Bastian Schweinsteiger just step right into his new team and make an impact and be a good player. You see Morgan Schneiderlin step right into his team and be mm-hmm. a good player. And these these people couldn't even get a look because we have this big, burly Belgian guy who, <laughs> you know, can't defend anybody, doesn't get anywhere near the box to score goals, um, and can't string passes along. He kind of just runs around the field and gets his feet tangled up with people. And if you get too close to him, he throws his elbow at you. Yeah, that's and true. That's and we, also, and that's... he, I mean, he also drew like he drew more support out of the crowd because he used to play for Anderlecht's arch rival Standard Liège, mm-hmm. and so every time he took a touch, then the crowd erupted in boos. And you know, it, it, it I, there's no clear correlation between support from the stands and performance. So what you're pitch, saying but is, like, but, but it unified the crowd because the booze, yeah, the booze came from the home and away fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least Elliot, it was bipartisan. Elliot, can you do it? Can you do a quick poll in the cafe you're in? Just be like, Meron Fellini boo. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I don't want to, yeah, I mean, he plays that. for Belgium and I can't imagine that they're happy when he comes on the field for them. No. So it, it, it all the fun of the end of the season has been, has been sucked out. Having said that, um, like, should we have won the game? Yes. 1-1, though. That's, like, we're going – we've won every single Europa League game at home this year. It's – look, I I'm not afraid of home games unless it's a Premier League home game. Yep. Uh, Europa League home game with a 1-1 scoreline, I'll take my chances. You know, yeah, I like my- where we're sitting. My, uh, my friend Werner and I, as we left the stadium last night, he said, you know, we'd probably – we don't. It's unlikely that we'll go through, but at least we go through with our pride intact, you know. Right, is... like you know. Speaking of home games, segue: Manchester United take on Chelsea on Sunday. So we'll jump into that one. And like you said, they do have a game in hand on Manchester City, with which they are yet yet to play. So this is sort of a must-win game for them, and we all remember what happened last time these two teams played in the league. Chelsea humiliated Manchester United. Polly, do you have any confidence that United might pull something out here and get some revenge? Zero. Zero. Absolute zero. Abs- uh, absolute zero is, is very absolute, but zero. <laughs> yeah, what is I'm that? I'm not that cold. Like minus 300? <laughs> it's, it's minus 272 Kelvin, I believe, is, is absolute zero. Okay. Wow. I was thinking it was near minus 300, but uh, yeah, that's very – Kelvin is very different. <laughs> it's like minus 500 Fahrenheit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they've not been very good at home. Um, pulling up their home record here real quick. I think they have the – yeah, they have the 10th best home record, six wins, nine draws, one loss. But, I mean, it's all those draws that are costing them here. So uh, – it's going to be tough because they're going up against the best away side in the league. Chelsea has 11 wins, 3 draws, 2 losses on the road. And, um, you know, the way that they bounced back after that weird loss against Crystal Palace, beating uh, City 2-1 to and Bournemouth 3-1. I'm not at absolute zero. I'm at, like, five, <laughs> 5% hope. Um <laughs> But it's so you're got, in the exosphere. You're not quite into outer space yeah, where you know, but, your body freezes immediately. But. Yeah, but everything points to Chelsea and especially the way that Mourinho decided to play that last game against them, even in the FA Cup. Um, 
he goes in with a very negative philosophy in the games against the bigger sides, so um, it's probably going to end up costing them another another three points. Moving back in time to Saturday, uh, Crystal Palace, who did beat Chelsea, they're taking on Leicester, um, and if we take a quick look at the standings there, Crystal Palace home record is very poor. They're 18th. Five wins, one draw, nine losses. So I won't be going with the draw in this one when we get to our scoring predictions, that's for sure. Um, but they have sort of climbed out of it. They are six points out of the relegation zone with a game in hand on Swansea, who were just under in 18th. And, uh, yeah, how do you rate Palace after that 3 nothing victory over Arsenal, Elliot? I mean, this is... They've gone gone full Sam Allardyce, and Pauly said that this was the time that they were going to do it. I mean, uh, it's it's just it's utterly shambolic. I don't I, I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Pauly, um, sing the praises of Mister Allardyce. I mean, you're you're rounding off like what they've done all season in their home form. Who cares what they've done all season? What are the what have they done in their past five games? And they just they just went to the Emirates and wiped the floor with Arsenal. Now I don't know if that's akin to to beating to going and beating Chelsea or if that's more closer to going and beating Sunderland. Uh, oh, I'm not really that's, sure. That's, that's harsh. That's a little harsh. It's. I mean, you got to you got to give them credit for that. It just it it bothers like the short memory of the media and the willingness to Look, like clamp on to a hot ticket headline of you know scandal involving the England manager, and then now it's like oh Big Sam, you know great his his amazing ability to guide Premier League clubs out of the dire straits of the relegation zone, and it just it's. It, it seems to me it's like it, it's just it, it's the worst kind of mercenary journalism, and it bothers me to no end because well, people I feel like you have to and then evacuate their ethical stance. I feel like you have to do that if you're a journalist. Like you take when you become a journalist, you take the Hippocratic oath to become a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That was good. I mean, and the thing is, too, that they, you know, might, it might have just been a blessing in disguise for England, too, because I'm not sure that Allardyce would be the, the man to lead England to glory. So he might just be better suited trying to rescue teams from a relegation in the Premier League. Yeah, you know, stick to what you're good at, and he's yeah. really good at that. Okay, so after a good start there with Craig Shakespeare, Leicester now has two straight losses, one in the league, one in the Champions League. And, you know, with the return leg being next week, too, I feel like this could be another game where they're more focused on what's going to happen in Europe. Because they're only down one nothing. Moving along, we got Southampton taking on Manchester City. City on the road. I'm not going to lie. I'm trying to figure out what you were just talking about. Like I, I just completely spaced out, and you were like, "Oh, they're only down one nothing in Europe," and I was like, "Well, who the hell is he talking about?" Leicester City. Oh, Leicester. Leicester. Yeah. Leicester. Oh yeah, and but well, the problem is they're down one nothing to Atletico. Yes. Yeah, a team that does not concede goals. <laughs> right, that's and the one. one of, and like one of their best defenders tends to come through in the clutch and score goals. In fact, when they need them. 
I will say this though. I saw someone, saw one of the English podcasts that was they tweeted on in like the 80th minute of that game, and they were just like, if Leicester lose this, if Leicester end this game down one nil, it's like they're like that game next week at the King Tower Stadium is must watch TV. And I will, and, and that's true yeah. because Leicester, when you're down one nothing, you have everything to play for. True that. True that. Yeah. So and. Um... And I would expect them to roll over and play dead this Sunday. Yeah, pretty much. Or this Saturday, whenever they play. Saturday. It's early. Yep. <laughs> it's early, guys. Yeah, they play against uh, Manchester City. Or no. No, they play, sorry, they play away to Crystal Palace. So, yeah. They play rest, some Premier League team. Rest, rest a bunch of players and then try to make it in the Champions League. Uh, Southampton, Manchester City. That's the next game we're going to talk about here real quick. And um, Southampton, you know, they got two wins in a row now. They did defeat Crystal Palace at home, 3-1. to one, And then one nothing on the road against West Brom. Um, although we do like to say that City are a pretty decent away side. They had the second best away record. Yeah, but I, th- I think this is uh, this one that might be some sneaky points for the Saints. Ooh, sneaky points. <laughs> Yeah, those are different than obvious points. Yes, very different, very different. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm still having a hard time really figuring out Southampton. It's been a it's been a uh, weird right? season. Yeah, yeah, they've been right. enigmatic. <laughs> I think I was thinking that they were going to be able to build on their like, you know, quality between the sticks this season, and it's just been woefully inconsistent. Yeah. Not even, not even building from there. Like building on that league cup run where they even, you know, they came back late and they they took Manchester United to extra time in the final. Uh, you know, they they signed that that guy whose name I still have no idea what it is. Gabidiani. And yeah, as you can understand, why I don't know what his name is. <laughs> he's been great. I I would have thought they built on that. Yeah, but he's out now. Oh, he's been injured. And that's for the why past they're not building. Games. Yeah. <laughs> So Shane Long got to start up front <laughs> in the last game. They ran out of budget money and production is halted. Yeah. Now I mean they they have some you know interesting players and if everything clicks. I do feel like they should be you know in the running for a Europa League spot. Uh, it's just that, and it's been that with a lot of teams. Just consistency hasn't really been there. So um, we'll see if they can make any waves against Manchester City, who sits in fourth place. They're four points behind Manchester United. So, of course, all United fans will be rooting for Southampton in this one. Scoring prediction time. And heading heading into match day 33, we got me in last place. I have... I'm still sub 200, so I'm not even going to say how many points I have. Uh, then we got <laughs> Elliot in second, 214, and then Paulie's in the lead, 225. Woof, you're building that gap, buddy. Yeah, but I still can't win any money off of these things. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe next season we'll put some money down on it. It's not even about mo- like. It's it's then I picked I like pigeonhole the games and say all right I'm gonna bet on this one I'm gonna bet on this one it's like oh well way to way to pick seven out of ten games correctly and then bet on the three that you lost. Yep. Okay, so first out we got Tottenham against Bournemouth. Uh, Spurs incredible form they'll keep it going two nothing. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna just jump on four before one of you takes it four nil. They hit four last week at home. Yeah. I expect them to hit four again at home. Elliot, what do you think Tottenham can do at home against Bournemouth? Uh, they can do more than I want to admit that they can. Um, I, God, four nil sounds right to me. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep one away from them and say they concede one and win three one. Then that Crystal Palace Leicester game, and I do think that Leicester are gonna not lay down and die, but they'll definitely uh, rest. Well, they're gonna players. lay down and play dead, though. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna rest some players. Um, they're gonna lay down and nap. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Two to one, Crystal Palace. No, wait, I'll, I'll let you jump in here. Unless Elliot's gone? No, I think it's just two ben. one. There we two go. one, I think. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two nil to Crystal Palace. Mm. Give him that clean sheet, huh? Everton yeah. take on Burnley at home. I'm still waiting for Burnley to pick up that first away win. It's definitely not not gonna come against Everton though. Three uh, one to Everton. No, I'm sticking with a clean sheet on this one. 2 0 Everton. 3 0 Everton. Uh, and then the highlight of the weekend Stoke against Hull. 1 uh, 1. Yeah, that sounds right. Stoke in horrible form. Hull fighting for survival. So, 1 1. I, I, I think Stoke are going to pull it out. 2 1. Stoke. Uh, I'm debating whether whether I was gonna go that way. You know what? I'll go one nil Stoke. Mm. Playing some defense, Paulie. Yeah, Playing yeah. some defense. Yeah, not one nil. You pick up that point on me. <laughs> and then we got Sunderland <laughs> against West Ham. Two teams that are also in horrible form. West Ham did win their last game one nothing against Swansea. They'll do the same against Sunderland one nothing West Ham. No Jermaine Defoe special is going to keep Sunderland out of relegation. I'll go 2-1. To the Hammers. Go 2-0 to the Sunderland at the Stadium of Light. 2-0 the Sunderland! Yeah, strong move. Yeah. Wow. Big strong move. Yeah. Then we got Watford taking on Swansea at home. Uh, you know, Watford sneaky decent this season, tenth place right now. Sneaky decent is like jumbo shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with the jumbo shrimp? Mm. Uh, Swansea. I mean, they they gotta win this. They won't though. One one. I don't even know where to start with this game. Yeah. 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 Jeez. Oh, yeah. We need. I, I think what I. I don't want to pick with Seb, but I think one one sounds right. Aha, Paulie, now you can go either way. Hey, y'all go nil nil. <laughs> there we it go. It worked for me last week. Yep. <laughs> then Southampton, Manchester City. That's the last game on Saturday. One one. I'm just being optimistic here. One one. There's no room for optimism here. I'll go three one. <laughs> 3-1 to City. Oh, boy. I'm 
Am I going to pick with Seb twice in a row? Oh, wow. No. Even though I said the Saints might get something from this game, I think that I've got to got to play some defense of my own and say 2-1 Man City. Hmm. 2-1? Is that what you said? Yep. Yep. All righty. Okay, then moving on to Sunday, we got West Brom at home to Liverpool. So I, oh. Jesus. Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, I have died on the West Brom train like four weeks in a row. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, but I just gave a, a strong statement this week about Liverpool. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, they're without Mane now, who actually got snubbed for the uh, PFA's Player of the Year shortlist, and which upset a lot of Liverpool fans. Um. Ah, uh, they'll they'll drop points. One, no, I keep saying one one, but it's West Brom. Uh, yeah, one one, one one. I'm gonna give Liverpool the benefit of the doubt and say two one, because I'm mad at you, West Brom. So either way, you'll oh. be happy. I'm never happy when Liverpool wins. Boy, I'm, those those score lines both seem likely to me, which means that it's also ultimately going to be one 0 West Brom. <laughs> if, I'm going to go if, with if that. If they go oh, back I'd... onto the winning train this week, oh yeah. god, because they've cost me a lot of money. Yeah. Then we got Manchester United Chelsea. I'm just going to keep this short and say three one Chelsea. Elliot. Mm. Yeah. God, I keep picking with Seb this week. You're gonna be you're gonna be my uh, my savior, and my downfall. I'm gonna <laughs> go with you. I think it, I think it's more downfall. I mean, obviously, <laughs> it's a home game, home league game. Until until this scoreline fails me, I would go one one. But uh, you guys know about the special one jersey, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I threw the special one jersey in the wash. Yeah. Uh, this week, it's been washed several times during the streak, so. Don't worry about that. Uh, I pulled it out of the wash, and the S had come off the jersey. Ooh, so right. now it just says special one, special. Uh, which means you have to think there is just no chance that its magic works anymore. Um, I do have the S. I'm holding it in my hands. I'm gonna like staple it. Super. Glue, I'm gonna like super glue it and like double sided tape it back onto the jersey. Um, but yeah, that magic of that jersey is has to be gone if the S came off. Uh, so we're going 2-0 to Chelsea. It'll be our first loss since Watford in September. Um, and also what I have to say is my friends got me this jersey less than six months ago. It is a real jersey bought through legal means. And already one of the letters has come off. Not one of the jerseys that I've had for anywhere between uh, six months and ten years that I bought from China has ever had a letter fall off. Mm. Hashtag planned up the Yep. My... And then the lone game on Monday, that's Middlesbrough taking on Arsenal. So it's the clashes of the crisis clubs. Um, Arsenal, yeah, we all know what happened last game. And Middlesbrough sitting in 19th place. Six points off the drop. With uh, Hull having, or with a game in hand, should say, but still, 
Horrible, horrible form, Middlesbrough. They can't score goals. Arsenal are going to win this one nothing and be super happy about it. I don't think we're going to leak goals quite as badly because it sounds like Petr Cech and Koscielny might be back, but I'm... I'm, I'm not convinced. You know, I'm not convinced. Um, I've got to say one-one. I want, I want to say two-one, and I think that's possible. But I'm gonna hedge my bet because you know I'll be celebrating in Paris if it's two to one. But I think that they haven't done enough to prove to me that they're ready to win. So one-one draw. The spiral continues. Arsenal are so goddamn bad they can lose to anybody, and I really wanted to pick them to lose. But not against Middlesbrough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think Arsenal take care of business. 2-0. Mm-hmm. Then let's give our final thoughts here before we sign off. And uh, I'm actually going to go back to that Sadio Mane snub on the PFA you know, short list. Um, Mane has been in great form. I mean, he's been a big difference maker for um, Liverpool. I do think that he should have been on this list. I know that Eden Nazard is probably going to win it. But, I mean, you're looking at Lukaku, Kane, Sanchez, Ibrahimovic, Hazard, and N'Golo Kante. You know what? That If that's the list, I... I think Mane deserves it over Zlatan. Yeah. I think Mane is more important to his team than Zlatan is. And it's been proven because when Zlatan's been out of Manchester United's lineup, they get the same 1-1 draws that they get with him in the lineup. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I mean, um, I I do think he he needs to be on this list. It's also a very short list. I think that you could actually open it up to 10 players. It's, it's supposed to be a short list. It's <sighs> called a short list. Yeah, but 10, 10 players out of how many? 100? I mean, what's the point in having 10 players on the list? Like, it, now you're, it's like the Oscars being like, oh, well, we're just going to label every movie <laughs> uh, an Academy Award nominee for best movie. Only one person wins. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like they open up the Ballon d'Or thing to like thirty people. Like you don't need that. Just give me a top three, and we'll pick from there. Yeah. Mm. If we were, if we, if it's the NCAA tournament argument, if we open it up to ten, we'll argue about number eleven. Okay. Yeah. Uh, per, according to the bookies, Kante is actually the front runner. Good. He deserves it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he it, does. It's about time some a defensive midfielder, you know, actually gets that. Yeah. The huh? recognition. Polly, what's your little mini topic here? I don't understand how a manager uh, who watches a team in training every day still can't figure out how to fix a team. And someone like me, exactly me, who sits on a couch and watches and actually you know watches the games, can, can see how certain players just shouldn't be on the field and certain players uh, should be on the field or you know could. But Jose Mourinho, some for some reason you don't know what you're doing. So let me give you some advice on to how to build your team for next year and to fix the issue. Get rid of Fellaini. Get rid of Marcos Rojo. 
buy some defender. I don't really care who. Take all the other money and throw it at Eric Dyer. And put Eric Dyer in the midfield to replace Carrick and have him stand there. He could play 50-something games like he always does. Have him sit in front of the back four. And then you could throw all the rest of your attacking players out there and just say, hey, go out there and run around and attack and do what you do best because we got an anchor in Dyer who has the speed to help you out and make up for and provide coverage for the defenders. He could protect the back four. He can make the pass to start an attack. He can get up there to provide that that late run for a goal. And if you have any money left over after that, you could take it and throw it at Antoine Griezmann. Thank you, Jose. That was free of charge. Next time, we'll <laughs> we'll discuss a rate. Well, there we go. And Elliot? So, last night was the second match that I've watched at Anderlecht. And the first one was their equivalent of the EPL's Community Shield, where the cup winner plays the league champion. And in that match, there was a young winger who at that point had only had a handful of caps for Anderlecht and, you know, was kind of getting a trot out because it was not a league match. And he's Ghanaian. His first name is Frank, which I kind of love. Uh, Everybody chatted his name Frank last night. Uh, Frank Achampong probably butchering that but he is a talent that yeah, i'm playing scout here a little bit but he impressed me three years ago and he impressed me even more last night and against you know against better opposition he still looked better and he looked like he developed those three years he's only 23 years old and he's a player that i could definitely see competing in the premier league in the not too distant future because he you know even he carried the attack for Anderlecht last night and he's you know he's quick he's good with it he's good on the ball and he's got good instincts and I I would not be surprised if we saw him playing in the Premier League in the not too distant future hey Jose Frank and Champ Pong write that down yep write it down (laughs) write it down another free tip there okay we'll say goodbye with that as always you can follow us on Twitter I'm Seb Noren Polly is P Quistella WFAN and Elliot is Keats was better Elliot we need to see more photos from you we need to see oh yeah I'm I'm on the I'm on the Instagrams not so much on the Twitters oh the Instagrams okay what's your Instagram handle uh, my Instagram handle is at ejnibs33. Okay. Let, let me make sure. I, I don't know. I'm not good at these things. Yeah, ejnibs33. There you go. Yeah, way, way to have a, another you know difficult handle. You know who's better than EJ Nibs? What's you know that? Who's, you know who's better than EJ Nibs? Who? Keats. Keats is yeah. better. Keats was better. Or was at least he good. was. was he used to be. Boy. He <laughs> used to be better. Okay. You're on these hot takes all night. Yep. And then give Fandrick Sports a follow as well. And we'll talk to you again after the weekend. Until then, have a good one. Bye bye. Thank you.